welcome to the NFL Abroad podcast, the podcast created by fans for the fans. We're your hosts, Thomas and Callum, and you can find this podcast on all popular streaming platforms. If you do enjoy this podcast, please feel free to drop a like, follow and subscribe for more similar content in the future. Without further ado, let's jump straight into the podcast. So on Thursday Night Football, the Washington Commanders host the Chicago Bears in what is a must-win game for both teams, really. The Chicago Bears are now 0-4, whereas the Commanders are 2-2, two and two, and they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. We've seen this week that there are rumours that Matt Everflute is on the hot seat, and if he doesn't come out as a winner on this game, um, that he could be fired from his role as head coach of the Bears. Mini, what do you think about that, and how do you see this panning out? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good point that you've made there. I think um, that there's obviously going to be a lot of pressure on him this week, and if he doesn't win this game, then... Yeah, it's probably probably his job's going to be up for uh, up for debate. Um, I, I guess you feel the same on that as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's Norton Ford this season. They went something like three and thirteen a year ago, and there's just no sort of um, optimism around the camp that this is getting any better. Obviously, we've seen the defensive coordinators walked out already, and multiple players have voiced their frustrations with with the coaching. Um, so I think yeah, they've got to change something in Chicago if if they want to uh, you know become a better team in the future. Yeah, I mean, we we saw a couple of weeks ago that Justin Fields was actually, you know, complaining about the coaching. I think it was like around week two, and I I put it down to Justin Fields, you know, just just a problem with with himself and not 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 the coaching. So maybe maybe that's proved me wrong. Maybe it is a, a coaching issue as well at the moment. Yeah, well, we saw last week. Obviously, the the Bears played the Broncos and they shut off um, to a twenty eight to seven lead. I think it was uh, four touchdowns for Justin Fields. Uh, you know, he, he was playing playing very well at that point and then obviously the, the play calling sort of changed and a few issues here and there and all of a sudden they've blown a 21 point lead and the Broncos who are one of the worst teams in the league have come back to beat them 31-28 so you can't put that down to her uh, to feel sorry after he's just um you know had a great great three quarters um, and then all of a sudden you know the, the, the team have thrown it away so I think that has to be put on on the coaching really yeah, um, it was actually a 28-point lead at half-time in favour of the Bears. It was a shock comeback for the Broncos. And I was watching this game and thinking to myself, can Justin Fields actually throw the ball? And he proved <laughs> in the first half that he could, so he's not just using his legs at the moment. So there, I don't know, I'm just trying to find some positives for the Bears at the moment. Yeah, I think that was a small glimmer of hope for them, obviously. He had his first big game this season, over 335 yards. And we also saw DJ Malga his first big game since becoming a bear obviously they traded um a lot of tra- a lot of um, draft conversation over to the panthers for dj moore and um, to be that number one receiver and he's been complaining but finally last week he did have a bit of a breakout game despite the loss so there is small small hope for the bears um and i think this is a well it's again they've got to win really yeah it is it's a it's a must win um i imagine well it's going to be a must obviously it's a must win for for both teams but in terms of the bears like you said um, fields 355 yards I think he picked up four touchdowns um, DJ Moore as well he, he continues to stand out for me I think he's probably been their only standout player over the first couple of weeks and he may you know he bettered himself as well last week so it should be an interesting matchup yeah but I mean right now obviously they're looking at the number one and number two pick in the draft so the question is do they actually want to try and turn this season around or would Bears fans rather you know write the season off give us the first pick at least if not the second pick as well uh, obviously that's from the Panthers um, if I was a Bears fan I think I'd be preferring to do the latter uh, throw the season away get Caleb Williams and another big big prospect in the draft next season and just go from there um, but well I, I, I don't know if that's 
a possibility in reality? No, I'm not sure Bears fans, well, they've, they've obviously paid a lot of money to go and watch uh, watch the Bears this season. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of unhappy season ticket holders right now. Um, <laughs> t- to be fair, I, just, I can't see where wins are going to come from uh, at the moment. No, I completely agree. Um, so, speaking of which, let's flip it on to the other side. Obviously, they're playing the Commanders this week, who, um, who looked impressive for most of the game last week against a very strong Eagles side. Uh, what did you see in that game, mate? Yeah, I thought I thought the team played a lot better. Well, obviously, a lot better than they did against the Bills uh, the, the week before. And, and you know what? I was actually really surprised um, that it were as close as it was. I mean, it went to overtime, and I think the the Eagles won by a, a field goal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, no, touched. Yeah, a field goal. Yeah, field, field goal, goal. Yeah, but I was looking at them on that last drive, and I just thought like the sort of grit and determination that they showed to to get back into that game and take it to overtime. I think there was zero seconds on the clock when Joan Dotson uh, got got the touchdown and. And, I, you know, I was rooting for them. I was kind of hoping that they were going to win that game. Yeah, I was 100%. I mean, I was I was watching it on Red Zone, and obviously, yeah, the clock hit zero. Touchdown, uh, Commanders. But then, obviously, you thought they would be carrying that, that momentum into overtime, but it just never really materialised from there. And, uh, obviously, the, the field goal for the Eagles was enough uh, for them to win that game, unfortunately. Um, but will that give them more, more motivation and desire coming into this one? I think it's got to give the confidence. I mean, they're going to be looking at this Bears team that's that's at zero and four, as you said, and surely they've they've, they've got to win this game. Yeah, you think so, and you you probably think they've got the weapons, especially on offense, to to do that. I mean, obviously you've got Brian Robinson, who yes, he had a quiet week last week, but he has been kind of a star player for them so far this season. And then obviously you've got Terry McLaurin, uh, obviously who's a probably one of the best receivers in the league to be honest and I think he's undervalued in the organisation another one of those players where they're almost too good for, for that team really I think on a, on a good team he's probably a top five top five receiver um, but obviously he's, he's stuck he's been stuck in Washington for the past few seasons with poor quarterback play and a poor team around him um, but I think they will be relying on him you know to, to, to win this game yeah I mean I completely agree uh, Brian Robinson we've obviously spoke about uh, a little bit recently in, in previous podcasts and we've said you know he probably is their their main standout player well he is he is for me at least and you know certainly their danger man and you know when he gets running he often leads to a touchdown so I think if they can get him uh, get him fired up and get Sam Howell fired up again he looked pretty fired up last week and the, the sacks didn't seem to affect him from the week before so you know, I'm sure they're going to be well up for this Bears game and uh, looking for a, I'll not say an easy win, but you know, an easy, a, a fairly easy win really on paper from what we've seen. Yeah, but as we know, there's no no easy wins in this league. Um, well, I think you've, you've spot on about Sam Howell really. Obviously, he come off four touchdowns against the Bills, and he and it was a bit of a prove it game for him last weekend. Another strong defense in the Eagles, and he did just that. He proved himself. No interceptions, protected the ball well, ran the ball well. Um, I think must give the, the commanders a lot of hope seeing him bounce back from such a poor performance the week before um, to, to dig them out of trouble. Um, so, so are you taking the commanders this week? Yeah, I think I've, I think you've got to go for the commanders this week. I'll be uh, I'll be shocked if the Bears get a win, but I suppose if the if they're fighting to save the head coach's job, you know, they, if they, they have been complaining about the coaching, so are they are they going to want to save his job? I, just, <laughs> I don't know, but either way, I'm uh, I think commanders commanders get this done. Yeah, I'm with you on on that ship. Unfortunately, I think the uh, commanders will will let us enter three and two on the season, and you know they've they've got an outside shot uh, at maybe a playoff berth here or, or a wild card at least. Um, if obviously they're in a tough division, so they've got to win the non-divisional games more than anything. 
and this is one that they're going to look on the team schedule and think, right, this we've got to win this one. So yeah, I am going to put them down for a win as well. So moving on to the second London series, we see the Jags hosting the Bills. Callum, do you think the London advantage can benefit the Jags this week? Yeah, I think it's got to benefit them somewhat, hasn't it? Um, obviously, they are somewhat of a home team. They'll have the fans behind them um, in the Tottenham Stadium. Um, but on top of that, obviously, the Bills have travelled from America all the way over to London for this game. So will they be jet-lagged? Will they be a bit lethargic? Um, I think they personally will be. And I think the Bills are going to really struggle in this game against the Jags. I think it's going to be a, a, tight affair, um, a tighter affair than people are putting it down as. Um, so yeah, I think, I, think, I, think the Jags, I think the Jags have got a good chance this week. Yeah, I think maybe you could argue that, that that was the case for the Falcons as well. I mean, I think they've got a little bit further to travel, but, you know, I, I do think they give them enough time to sort of climatise and, and get used to the timings and such. So I don't know how many days they do playing flying before, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Bills team will be prepped and ready, though. So Yeah, and obviously the Bills are coming here off a huge, huge victory last week. Um, obviously, it's 48-20 to 20 against one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, Josh Allen looked back to his... Matches Pete really twenty one for twenty five and four touchdowns and three hundred and twenty yards. There was absolutely no stopping that Bills offense last week, uh, and obviously Stephon Diggs had his a huge game as well. Six receptions, hundred and twenty yards, and three touchdowns. Um, so yeah, the 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 Bills were mightily impressive last last week, weren't they? Yeah, they were phenomenal last week, and uh, I think you called it on the pod as well, actually. I certainly did, mate. Yeah. Yeah, fair play to you on that one. It's a good shout. Um, Josh Allen, well that, let's talk about Josh Allen. I mean, is he MVP worthy currently for you? Mate, he's got to be up there, hasn't he? I gave him stick at the start of the season, but he's certainly up there now. He's got to be in the top five, top three, something like that, I think. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks, to be fair. I just think he is the complete quarterback. Um, you know, he can. he's got everything. He's got an absolute arm on him. He can run. You know, he gets himself out of out of dangerous positions where you think he should get sacked, and he sort of sneaks through. For a big guy, he's, he's pretty nimble, so... You know, he's, he's impressing me in, in in every single area of his game, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he does always seem to impress at this, at this point of the season. It's um, we have, We've got to wait and see how he performs when crunch time arrives in the, in the winter and uh, when he's playing those cold games in Buffalo in the playoffs or late in the season against big opposition. Uh, that's really when where you earn your money and we'll see whether he is MVP worthy then. Yeah, I just think mentally, though, that, that performance against the Dolphins, you know, the two teams probably going to be fighting for that first seed. Um, if they can both keep form up so like I said that mental barrier that he's probably created for himself and, and his team now it could be huge come the playoffs yeah and I think that that defense is a key part of that as well to be honest I mean you know you know it's when it get, when it gets cold in Buffalo a lot of the performance does come down to that defense and, and coming out on top on tight games and obviously they lost a big big part of that defense last week in uh, two-time pro bowler Tredavious White uh, how do you see that affecting them this week yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a rough on that because you know he's coming off a, a big game to be fair, um, and he's had a good season as well. So obviously it's going to hurt them to some extent, but they've still got a lot of talent on there. You know they've got Matt Milano and Teron Johnson. They both picked up a, a force fumble each, I think, last week, and Greg Rusi as well. He picked up two sacks. So it's not like the short of talent on defense, but obviously it's going to impact them a lot. Yeah, but they've got more talent coming back from injury. It's almost like one in one out in Buffalo. Um... Obviously, multiple-time Pro Bowl winner, winner, entry, whatever you call it. Uh, Von Miller is back on that defensive side of the ball this week. Um, so, I expect big plays out of him, um, disrupting that Jaguar defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be unfair if they had uh, Tredavious White and Von Miller on that defense. So, uh, 
yeah, like you said, one in, one out. But it's a shame, really, because uh, he's, he's looked phenomenal um, these few opening weeks. I yeah, think he certainly has. Just moving uh, back over to the Jag side, though, the the Jags, you know, they they improved from from what we've seen, and you know, they they impressed me a bit actually against those Falcons. Yeah, they, they did seem to have improved somewhat. I mean, they don't look to be as uh, as smooth on offense as the Bills, for example. I think Trevor Lawrence is still struggling to really hit his hit his best form. Um, he does seem to be certainly getting back towards that. Um, and you know, last week he was he was dishing the ball out left, right, and centre. To be honest, um, every everyone was getting everyone was getting a piece. And I think this game they really are relying on their star men, such as Calvin Ridley and Travis Etienne, to have a big game here um, yeah. to keep them in this. Because I think that you know the Bills are going to they're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I think Calvin Ridley picked up a touchdown, a thirty yarder against his old team, which sort of got those uh, got those Jaguars going, and you know they they put up a decent performance. Not nothing, you know, brilliant or you know by any means, but. They got the job done in front of the London fans and they definitely had the crowd behind them. Yeah, they certainly did and they will do again obviously this week. Um, but I still think, you know, the, the Jags are going to have to find another gear this week to take, uh, take it on the Bills. Um, but, you know, they, they've also got a noteworthy defence itself, really. You know, they conceded seven points last week. They've been in a few games now where they've conceded very few points. Um, and, you know, they've got, they've got a few first-rounders on that defence. Um so yeah, you know they've got to look to look to stop the Bills here, and I think I personally think they will. I'm going to take the Jags to win this one in London, in one of the home games, a lot of the fans behind them, and I think yeah, the Jags are going to upset the favourites here. Uh, give me the Jags. Well, I'll, I'll just mention actually on that on that Jags D line, Josh Allen. Believe it or not, there is a Josh Allen. There's more <laughs> than one. Um, he picked up three sacks last week. Um, I think he got a strip sack as well and, and ripped the ball straight off Desmond Ritter. So, like you said, there's some talent on both sides. Um, I, I went up against the Bills last week and after seeing them put that performance up against the Dolphins, even if they are travelling sort of halfway around the world, I can't go against the Bills. So, I'll take the Bills to win this one. Right then, so in the first of the 6 o'clock games, we see two teams who are 2-2 two two in the season, but both coming off very, very bad defeat. We see the New England Patriots taking on the New Orleans Saints. Minnie, how how do you feel about your New, New Orleans Saints coming into this one? Um, well, it's another disappointing week, especially when you <laughs> lose to a division rival within the book. So, I, I mean, I kind of saw it coming. I, I think I might have took the Saints last week, but that's because I probably went with my heart instead of my head. Um, what did I say? Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin have both turned up, and they did, although I think Mike Evans went off with an injury. You know, I'll not say too much about that, but low-key, I'm buzzing. So, the Saints, I don't, I don't know, it's it, it's weird at the moment. The, the defence seems like it's decent, but there's just nothing going on offence at all. Um, I mean, we've got ex-DC Dennis Allen in charge, and the way that he sets up his players and, and you know, runs this Saints team, they are so defensive-minded in my, in, in my mind. I just don't really understand what we're trying to do uh, in terms of offence. What are you? Th- I mean, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr so far this season? Because I'm not impressed at all. Well, I will say obviously we saw we see the Saints coming into this week scoring nine points last week, and the Patriots coming in scoring three po- three points last week. So there's clear clear t- offensive troubles for both teams here. Uh, but yeah, Derek Carr. I think everyone sort of knew what he were coming in. He's a bit of a system quarterback. You know, he's he's a type of quarterback who win your games when you should win games based on your team but he's not someone who's going to transform the game and get you wins when you're the underdog sort of thing. Um, and I think that's exactly what he's proved so far, really. He's just been bang average. 
Um, and again, yeah, like you said, with a, with a, with a head coach, he's a very defensive minded. You know, it, the offense just seems very slow and methodical, and it just doesn't seem to work anymore in this league. It, it, it sounds weird, but it it, seem, it just seems easy to read at the moment. I mean, we're fetching Taysom early in every so often, and you sort of know what he's going to do. He's just going to run the ball every single time. Um, <laughs> I think he had one pass last week, which he actually connected with. So just throw the ball, Taysom. You can do it. Um, <laughs> it's just so, honestly, I was just so stressed. Like, And I have been for the past couple of weeks. It's just so disappointing to see. And like I said, against a divisional rival as well, must win, really. I mean, I think they mm. beat us the last three. So we've lost straight three in, three in a row to the books. Um, but I, I see on Twitter and stuff like that, people are blaming the offensive line. The offensive line can only, you know, withstand so much pressure and hold and protect Carr for so long that the books were just blitzing, you know, every so often. And Carr had more than enough time to get the ball out of, like, out of his hands. And he was well protected, but it just took too long to release the ball. So I don't know what's going on. Is, it, is that like lack of confidence or is it just not having anyone open? I, I really don't know what's, what's going on with that offense at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it as well has got to come down to play calling because there really is no excuse for, for how they're playing on offence at the minute. I mean, you've got Arvin Kamara, who was back last week. He was good in the rushing game. But then he had he had 13 receptions, um, which to me just screams like they're just playing very high percentage uh, screen passes, which, you know, you, yeah, you can mix in a, a screen every now and then and it becomes effective. But when you do it all the time, the defence is just playing the field in front of them and uh, can limit you to small gains. Um, but there's just no excuse. You've got Arvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the league, you then got Michael Thomas, who's you know a pro, multiple-time Pro Bowler. Um, obviously, Chris Olave, he was Rookie of the Year last year, and then Rashid Shahid. So, you know, you've got the weapons there. I just can't understand what what's not clicking, um, and I think it just just does come down to lack of creativity from from the coordinators. Yeah, I I, I do feel like you've you've hit it hit it on the head there, but I do just feel like they are generally getting a little bit unlucky as well. Um, I mean, we had that absolute cannon from from Carr who threw it sort of, I don't know, 60 yards and he got Chris Olave in the end zone, but it was just well defended. So are we just, am, I, am I just clutching at straws here? I don't know. We, we don't look like we're going to score a touchdown. That's the most. That, that's the worrying part right now. And as as elite as the defence is, in in my opinion, they, you know, they can only stand so much and, and have so much time on the field. If we're, if the, the, you know, if the offence haven't got the ball, then... That, you know they're going to be getting tired out, so you, you expect mistakes and you expect to concede more points than than what you put up. But we put up three uh, three field goals last week, so nine points against a divisional mm. rival. It's just it's not good enough, man. It's not good enough at all. It's not. But as I say, it's fine. I can. I think you should have a lot of um, optimism coming into this week at least, because obviously I watched the Cowboys play the Patriots last week and their offense looked even worse than yours, to be honest. I mean, um, they look god awful. You know, probably on both sides of the ball, based on what from what we saw against the Cowboys, whether that's well, the Cowboys no, to, to be honest, I'm not sure, but to be honest, the defense wasn't wasn't too bad. A lot of the Cowboys' points came from the the Cowboys' defense for, forcing turnovers. I mean, we had um, Van Der Esch return one to the house, and you know the, the Cowboys just were in good field position for most of the game um, because that defense was just stopping stopping the Patriots, and they just never got going. I mean, Matt Jones was benched partway through the game after th- after throwing two interceptions. Um, and I think his time really is up in, in New England. I mean, how many opportunities do they need to have um, before you know they say, right, enough's enough. The Matt Jones project is over. Uh, we're going to give someone else a try. And I think that should be what they do this week with Bailey, Zapp- Bailey Zappi. But whether they will or not, obviously we don't know. Um, 
But well, there's just so much struggles on, on the offence for that, that team. Well, there is clearly massive struggles. I mean, I think he's, he's probably up there with with the Giants' um, QB for, for worst in the league. I think they're in competition with each other. They must be. That's, that's the only thing I can think of, either that or it's Bill Belichick's fossil football. And for me, his days have got to be, got to be uh, limited unless he gets that, that Patriots team turnaround. And, and at least it's, I don't know, eight or nine wins because it, it's just old school. I, I think they need to, to, you know, I think they need to freshen up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he had all those years of success in uh, New England with Brady. But since the Brady era, I mean, they've been pretty awful every season. So, surely to God now, Bill Belichick, he's, the, the, the seat is coming hotter underneath, uh, underneath Bill. Like you say, he's, uh, his football is outdated. And um, it's almost like they don't want, they're not drafting any big names, if you, if you know what I mean, on offense. Like, there's no weapons or anything. They're not traded for anybody or drafted anyone with a big name on offense. Um, and I think, you know, he's trying to be too smart sometimes and avoiding the obvious option in the draft. Someone less obvious hoping he's going to look really smart. But when it comes down to it recently, well, look at the offense. They scored three points last week because they've got nothing. Nothing on mm. offense. I mean, they struggled against the Jets as well, to be fair. Um, I think, they, uh, was it Christian Gonzalez they drafted in the first round this year? Yeah, and he's out for the season now with a, with a shoulder injury. Yeah, so, you know, he, he, he was trying to be smart, as you said. Um, and there's a there's a lot missing on on offense. I mean, I'm looking at that rush game as well. Um, Zeke Elliott, 16 yards. It's, it's not good enough for me. That no, everyone knew when when they took Zeke in the off season, he was a third down back. When you need that, you know, you need a two yard rush, or, or or a third and one, a fourth and one on the goal line, something like that. That is Ezekiel Elliott's game now. He isn't this explosive back like he used to be. And obviously, Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think he's anything special either. Um, so they've just, they've just got no weapons, and um, yeah, it, it, it looks like a, a difficult season. Another one for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, like you said, nothing really going in the rush game, and Matt Jones is is proving that he's you know he's not cut out for it. Or he's not good enough currently. Um, so I, I can't see, like I said, I don't know. I can't see where wins are coming from. Um, I mean, I can't even see where points are coming from. To be fair, never mind wins actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree, to be honest. And I think this week against the Saints, it's going to be two good defences playing against each other um, in a very, very low-scoring game. Um, who are you taking, Minnie? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back the Saints again. I'm definitely going to back the Saints. I think, like you said, it's going to be a defensive slog. Um, it could be a field goal off. Um, it really <laughs> could be a low, low, low-scoring affair. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a, a 9-6 game or a 9-3 game because the, both offences just look that poor. Either that or the Saints are going to pull it out of the bag. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm also going to take um, take the Saints in a low-scoring game. Obviously, they've got Kamara back. He He's only going to get better from here on in, I think. And, you know, I do trust Derek Carr a lot more than I do trust Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. So I'm going to take the Saints. Probably under under 25 points in the game. Um, but yeah, New Orleans come out on top. Please, boys, get the job done. Get some touchdowns and restore the faith. Who dare? <laughs> Moving over to the Titans taking on the Colts. We saw that the Titans came off a massive win last week against the Bengals in a must-win for both teams. Callum, what did you think to the Titans last week? I mean, yeah, they looked... It's, it's hard to know just how good they were because the Bengals were so, so bad. Um, but, I mean, Derek Henry had a big game. Obviously, people have been saying his legs have gone, but, you know, he put up 122 yards and a rushing touchdown as well as a passing touchdown. 
So I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't fault that really. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins had a bit of a pretty big game. He had sixty three yards. Um, and yeah, they just sort of control controlled the game really. The, the defense looked really good. Um, you know, their their run defense I think is one of the best in the league. Um, and that's used used all of that to stop um, um what they call the Bengals last week. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean the the Titans. They, do you know what? They're a confusing team because one week they seem brilliant, and then one week they they just, they, they look awful. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll 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 take it for the first couple, first few weeks, for example. So against the Saints in the in the first week, god awful. Then they play the Chargers in week two, beat them. Then went to the Browns, but we you know we we know that the Browns are a quality on defense, l- looked horrendous and put up something like ninety four total yards. And then they go and beat the Bengals twenty seven three. So. I I just can't work this Titans team out at the moment. Now I think I think they're very one-dimensional. If they can run the ball well, they they can win. Um, and if they get ahead, they can control the game well because they've got a good defense. But obviously, as soon as they start falling behind, they don't have the weapons or ability to try and get back into the game. Um, and I think you know they're just going to control. If they if they, if they control the game, they can win. If not, they're trying to fight from behind. They they're pretty much buggered to be honest. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree on that. I mean. Derek Henry, you've thrown his name out already. Obviously, he's a big, big character and you know a big player. Probably their, probably the Titans' best player. Um, and they seem to get him firing a bit against the Bengals last week. Yeah, I mean, he certainly was trying to get him involved as much as they possibly can. I think, um, well, because he is, he is their playmaker, and he'll be, he'll be essential this week as well against the Colts. You know, like I said, they're a one-dimensional team. They need Derek Henry to be running through tackles, breaking tackles left, right, and centre, and uh, scoring touchdowns. And that's the way they've got to go about this game against the Colts, uh, or pretty similar, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the, the Colts—they've they fairly. I think they've been fairly impressive, to be fair, in the uh, opening f- uh, few weeks. I'm not sure what they're sat at. I think it's two and two, um, yeah, and they were so. unlucky really not to not to get a win last week. It, I think feel like it could have gone either way in uh, in overtime against the Rams, and you know they were down sort of what was it twenty points at half time, and 20, they managed to, points, to, yeah. to claw it back in the fourth. So. Again, the you, you know Richard um, Anthony Richardson showed big character and made some big plays in the fourth to to get that comeback. Yeah, I mean Anthony Richardson really really impressed me last week. He made a couple of unbelievable throws, and obviously he can move with his legs as well. Um, he he literally is a modern day Cam Newton, um, and just the way he stuck in there, all the pressure on his shoulders in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, and he he did exactly what he needed to. He scored fifteen points in the fourth quarter, uh, took it to overtime, and then obviously they didn't get the ball back. And the Rams went up there and scored a touchdown. So, you know, who knows what would have happened if they'd held them. Um, but, you know, the, the Colts looked good once they got started last week. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson, I'd, it reminds me, and I, I, I feel like you, you might agree on this, he, he reminds me of Lamar Jackson, actually, because I looked at him last week and he picked up 56, 50-odd yards, I think it was, uh, with his legs. And that sort of yardage that turned first and... Uh, sorry, second and longs, third and longs. He, he, he managed to get them get them downs and get, get the Colts further up the field, and obviously scored that touchdown in the fourth, and it, you know it helped them get the, get up the field. So he were helping out his uh, running back Zach Moss. He was sort of taking a little bit of the load as well, and a lot of fakes and stuff like that. So I think you know it, it looks it looks like a good prospect to be fair. Yeah, I mean obviously he's obviously being overshadowed by C.J. Stroud, but without if if he wasn't in the league, C.J. Stroud, then we'd be probably screaming the praise of this man Richardson. Um, I think he just is lacking a few weapons on offense. Obviously, you've got Michael Pittman, who is their number one receiver. But I mean, 
there's no real big names in, in that receiving courts that you know you can turn to on, on tricky downs, and I think that's what that's what they're missing there in uh, in Indianapolis. I think you know they've got the run game sorted now. The the, the quarterback can just scramble and have run designs, but they seem to be lacking something in the receiving game. A bit a bit like Tennessee, to be honest. They're a very run heavy team. It's two run heavy teams going up against each other this week. Um, so so how, how do you see this battle of the battle of the runners playing out? Well, I. You know, I think if uh, Jonathan Taylor is available, because I've heard that he's returning to practice and he could be available for this game, and if he is, then I'd be I'd be tempted to take the course, I think. Um, but if he's not, and more likely not, because I'm not sure what the situation is, um, I think you've probably got to go with that Titans team. So for me, I'll be taking the Titans. Yeah, I do think that um, he is trying to force a trade away from the from the Colts, and I, I can understand why, to be honest, he's... He wants that money, and he also wants to play on a better team that have a have a chance of challenging for for titles. Um, and like you, I'm going to take the Titans this week. I think obviously both teams have got a decent run game, but I just think that Titans have got one of the best run defenses in the league quietly. Um, and I think they're going to do just you know they'll they'll plug the run this week and and force the Colts to pass. And I think that is that is how they're going to beat the Colts this week. In the next matchup, we see a battle of the AFC North as the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Baltimore Ravens. Minute, you watched these games last week. Um, who do you see coming out on top? Uh, well, I mean, I was really impressed by the Ravens last week. They uh, they came up against that Browns defense, which were, were, were rated best in the league. Um, and they tore them apart, to be fair, 28-3. Uh, not, not sure how much you can read into that. They did have that, uh, that backup, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, coming in for Deshaun Watson last minute. So I'm not sure if, it, if you know, I think it would have been a completely different game if Deshaun Watson played. Um, however, yeah, with that said, Lamar Jackson, um, just short of 80% passing completion. Didn't throw the ball that many times, to be fair. He only, only attempted 19, um, picked up 186 yards, managed two touchdowns, and he, he picked up two touchdowns with the legs as well. So, you know, I, I really like this style of quarterback, and I do like a Lamar Jackson. Um, and I think... You know, he's, he's, he's sort of grown this season. Um, needs to protect the ball a little bit better. We did see that last week against the Browns. So, he's, he's just got to continue doing what he's doing for me. Yeah, I mean, you, you know me. I've always sort of disliked Lamar Jackson. I don't really appreciate the, the running running quarterback. But I've got to admit, he has grown on me this season somewhat. Um, obviously, yeah, like you say, he's 15 for 19 last week and a total of four touchdowns. He is certainly making his claim for, for an MVP run again. Um, and I mean, yeah, like you said, 80% completion against one of the best defences in the league. I mean, you know, you can't really ask for anything more than that. Um, I think, you know, they're coming up against a weaker defence this week and expecting to continue to, to perform at that high level. Well, yeah, I, I, I was watching him last week and even against that elite pass rush, you know, they got some big names in, in that Browns defence, as we know. And he found himself buying a lot of time and you know, he was making good plays. He was sort of escaping out because, he's, he's, you know, he's nimble and agile like that. So... Fair play to him. He's, uh, I think he's, I think he's been on fire this season. To be fair, yeah, certainly has. And then, obviously, on the other side, we've seen um, Matt Canada come under pressure this week. He, his job is on the line. I think the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. Um, I've watched that for you actually. The Steelers are the only team in the past two seasons who have not had a game with four hundred or more offensive yards. No other team has less than four four games with that with that amount of yardage. Um, so I mean the the Steelers fans are certainly calling for his head. I mean it's it's worrying to be fair. Um, obviously they they did draft in Kenny Pickett and for me I think he's overrated at the moment. We've said that in in the past as well. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's going to actually be available for this next game. I know he picked up that knee injury. Um, reports suggest that it's not as serious as what they first anticipated, but they're not sure if he's actually going to be coming in. So could we see Mitch Trubisky? I'm, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, he's, he's obviously a, f- a former first-rounder as well. And I think Steelers would say, you know, he's not the worst thing that could happen, giving, giving someone else a try in there. Um, and then we can sort of pinpoint whether it is poor, poor quarterback play or whether this offensive coordinator is really holding us back because, you know, I've seen him, the, the Steelers fans are obviously saying he's such a, a conservative play caller, there's nothing creative there. And, you know, that the, the tape completely backs that up, to be honest. Well, it does. I think they only put up six points last week. So, yeah, you know, they were, this against the Texans as well, they were not a great team. Exactly, I know. The, the, the Texans, who have, who have definitely impressed, but they're, they're nothing special. I mean, they're still crafting that, that young team. So... You know, you'd, I think going into the game, you probably would have expected the Steelers to to be to be winning this game, and I mean they got outplayed really in, in every single aspect, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they, they got battered, didn't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, but, you know, I I was surprised that TJ Watt didn't manage to get to uh, CJ Stroud once last week, um, but you know, like like we said, did did the Texans step up and did that offensive line step up as well? Um, I'm not sure how how long the defense were on the pitch for, but. You know, I was surprised that uh, TJ Watt didn't didn't get involved. Yeah, I agree. And you know, TJ Watt is going to have to he's going to have to be involved this week heavily if they want any sort of chance of beating the Ravens. Because outside of TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, there's not a lot to shout about on this on this uh, Steelers team. Sorry, um, you know, the offense doesn't set the world to light at all. They've got two two quarterbacks that were probably on the way out of the league or on the way to backup roles. Uh, Najee Harris. He's not impressed me in the slightest. I think he just looks sluggish when he plays. And obviously the one maybe bright spark is George Pickens. But again, you know, he's he's not he's a good receiver, but he's not an elite receiver yet. No, he's uh, definitely not at that sort of level. I think um, even though you, you, you've you not been sort of impressed with Najee Harris, um, I feel like he was probably their standout player last week. And that says everything, really. Yeah, I mean, you can stand out all you want and off, I guess. Uh, but you're not scoring points, you're scoring two field goals, so, you know, you've got to do more, I think, and uh, I think this week they're going to really struggle against the divisional rivals, I think the Ravens are, you know, they're only going to get healthier, and um, they're actually one of the best defences in the league as well, quietly, quietly establishing themselves as one of the best defences in the league, obviously we've known for the past few decades, you know, that's what the Ravens have been known for, they're strong defences, and again, this season I think they're in top five overall defence, and, uh, you know, whichever quarterback's in for the Steelers this week, they're going to really, really struggle. I mean, that that's scary to hear, to be fair, because they've got a lot of starters that are still not back. Um, I, I don't know how many off the top of my head now, but I know a couple of weeks ago they had seven starters out. So, like I said, they're only going to get stronger. Um, I, I, I thought um, as well that Mark Andrews, he, he looked good at the tight end last week. He picked up 80-odd yards um, and a couple of touchdowns. So... There's definitely a lot of talent on that Ravens team, and for me, they're probably going to uh, going to have too much for the Steelers. Yeah, I'm also going to be taking the the Raven in this one, probably by an absolute landslide again. To be honest, I mean the, the points, probably, the score, are probably not going to be too high. Cause obviously, the Steelers' defense is pretty good, but I just can't see the Steelers scoring really. You know, I think I think the, the Steelers might struggle to get more than ten or fifteen points again. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the Ravens are going to blow them out. Well, they, another start as well. They picked up three interceptions last week, the Ravens, so they did turn the ball over a lot. Um, granted, it was against the rookie, but, you know, if Mitch Trubisky is coming in, how much practicing has he been doing? And, you know, how many how many players has he run with his team? Has he been training this week? Is, is that all he's done? So there's going to be a lot of pressure when he gets on that field. I know that. 
<laughs> there certainly is, and nothing, nothing can prepare you for game day pressure. And I think that's where he has struggled previously when he was at the Bears. Um, obviously, he can he, he was good in college, but then he came into the NFL, and you know he couldn't deal with it on the big stage. And uh, again, he's he's going into very a very poor um, Steelers offense. So it's not like he can rely on big weapons. And uh, yeah, I think they're sending him to a sending him to the dogs this week. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, Ravens get this one quite easily, in my opinion. So this week we see the Panthers taking on the Lions. The Panthers are currently sat 0-4. Callum, do you think the Panthers should be worrying at this point? Well, I think I think they are worrying. I think they're panicking a bit, to be honest. Obviously, we've seen rumours this week that they've been in contact with the Broncos to try and sign Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Um, you know, the, the, just sort of, we're sort of seeing what they've been doing in the previous years where they're panicking and trying to make blockbuster trades early in the season to to try and turn around and save a season and turn it into a you know a six and six season sort of thing or something to that effect um, by by trading for a receiver. And to be honest, I completely disagree with that. I think I don't think they should be panicking at this point. I think that what they should be doing is realizing right we're in a, we're in a rebuild stage. We've got a rookie quarterback. Um, obviously we've got a young team around him. We we never expected to have a big season this year. Uh, and just let the young rookie get his earn his stripes in the league get experience and then next season come the off season obviously if you've had a poor season you might have better draft picks although to be fair they've lost a the first rounder to the Bears um, but you know give him a season first you don't need to trading for Jerry Judy he's not going to turn you from a Norton 4 team into a Super Bowl contender it might have you a couple more wins but it's only going to affect you later in the season when you don't have as good of draft picks so for me I think they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be um, panicking just give the young quarterback a bit of time and, uh, and you know, come the off season, you know, then you, then you try and turn it around. Yeah, I mean, with the, I think Bryce Young were out a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? After they got that concussion, so he's probably I think he's only had three out of the four weeks because uh, backup Andy Dalton came in. So, you know, they, they've drafted him. They've got to give him a chance, like you said. They're, they're in a rebuild, so I don't know why they're putting any more pressure on on themselves and probably more pressure on Bryce Young. I'd, I'd say at the moment, um, they obviously feel like he's he, he needs more than what he's got, but. For me, they've just got to let him practice with what he's got and and move on from there. Yeah, I mean, it's, the thing is, this this Panthers front office they don't seem to have any sort of patience. They want to bloody fight over getting six wins a season, and that's I think that's why the Panthers organization has been terrible for for a long time now because they just try and look at the short term view of right, we need to win a couple of games a season, and that's it. Whereas obviously you look at someone like the Texans who are also part of a rebuild, also got a rookie quarterback, and they're just going about it in completely contrasting ways. And obviously you look at the Texans now, and there's so much ambition behind the organisation. And you look at the Panthers and you think, right, they're going to be shipped the next five seasons probably. Yeah, um, I mean, this, the Saints obviously play them a couple, couple of times a year, so I, I know a little bit about the Panthers. Um, I don't know why they're putting the pressure on themselves. They're, you know, they're already zero on form this season. The books are sat three and one, so I don't I don't really see the books slowing down anytime soon. So for me, they're never going to get close to the the, the the division this year. So what's the point in throwing away you know more picks or, or whatever it is that they're going to do for the trades when they've already lost for the first rounder for next season? Yeah, yeah, they lost it. They traded it to the Bears, I believe. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I don't, you're I, right on that. Yeah. Um, I can't exactly remember how it happened, but I just know they don't have the first rounder. Well, at least not the second overall pick. Um, currently, for next season, so yeah, they just they just hit the panic button too soon. I think uh, just just you know go through the go through the pain. Next season, 
you know, if you want to make some blockbuster trades, you still got a rookie quarterback um, on a cheap contract. So then you can look at building a team around him. Obviously, they signed Adam Thielen in the offseason. He's getting old now. Um, they're just making some very, very weird decisions, I think, uh, when in reality they should be making more long-term decisions, which they should do in the offseason. No one's going to tra- no trade you any players right now at a good value. They all want more value than they were in season. Yeah. Um, so they need to be patient, I think. Um, but right now, they don't, they don't have much hope this season. Well, they're going into this game against the Lions, and to be honest, I can't see them getting a win out of this either, so... No, I, I, I don't really know where, where they go from here. I think, from what you've said already, the, you know, it sounds like they've already hit the panic button. Are they going to panic even more if they if they lose this week against the Lions? Well, they will be losing this week against the Lions, I'm pretty sure. And I think then, obviously, you're looking at, you're calling for people's jobs and stuff like that, but I don't I don't really understand what where they can even beat the Lions this week. You know, the, the Lions last week, they've, you know, they took the, took the Green Bay Packers to school, really. Um the the, the scoreline got closer in the in the fourth quarter, well in the third quarter really, but at that at that point the game was over already. Um, I mean they just looked so good on both sides of the ball. David Montgomery returned, he scored three touchdowns with 121 rushing yards. Goff looked good minus interception, and um, the defense looked good. Aiden Hutchinson another one and a half sacks, and he's got the joint most um, quarterback pressures so far this season, joint with Michael Parsons and. Somebody else. So yeah, he's joint first in the league on pressure. So you know, both sides of the ball are coming out, coming out trumps this, uh, in this uh, Detroit Lions team. They really are. I mean, I've I've watched them a couple of times this season. One in particular when they played the Falcons, and they just we know what the Falcons like on the rush game, and they gave them nothing. So that's going to be completely shut down for me against against the Panthers. Not that they've really got that much going on in the rush game, which uh, for me then forces the ball into uh, Bryce Young's hand, and, and they're going to make him throw and. You know, it could be it could be how many how many interceptions will they get? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I'm taking I'm taking the Lions in this one, and I think it will be by an absolute landslide again. And I don't think I don't think Bryce Young's playing particularly bad, to be honest. You know, last week he had 25 for 32, 204 yards. So I don't like obviously with the, all the headlines are going to see Jerry Stroud. I don't think Bryce Young's playing particularly bad. He just doesn't have a good team around him or a good enough team around him. Like you said, uh, though, I, I think that defense is going to be too much, and I think they've got too much going on offense. Obviously, you mentioned David Montgomery, but there's Amon Ra St. Brown as well. He had a pretty quiet game by his by his standards from what we've seen, and I think Sam Laporte you mentioned on the podcast last week as well. He's he, he had a good game to be fair. Yeah, he's doing everything he's to again at that tight end position, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll all continue to have a field day this week with the Panthers. To be honest. Um, yeah, give give me the Lions. Yeah, I mean that's all. The the uh, the the beat another Saints divisional rival. Um, I I wouldn't mind that at all. So, you know, I've uh, I'll be going for the Lions to to probably win comfortably as well. Right then, in the next game we have two two and two teams. We have the Falcons taking on the Texans in what is a must win game for both teams really. Uh, Many obviously the t- the Falcons lost last week in humiliating fashion in London. Do you think Desmond Ridder's job to the line this week? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I mean, I've listened to the Arthur Smith's interview, which his interview technique is shocking, by the way. Um, and he's sort of just biting, I mean, classic, he's just biting away the questions and stuff like that. But it, from what I gather, he's going to give Desmond Ridder another chance next week um, against the Texans. So 
I think this is probably the the, the last chance he's going to get. Um, I, I mean, he threw that pick six last week and then went straight back into the game after and uh, and threw an interception. So teams are, are figuring out how to play against Desmond Ritter. They know that he he likes to run the ball. And they know well. They, I mean, the Jags knew that the, the the Falcons wanted to rush the ball a lot. So they just applied the the rush pressure and and made uh, Desmond Ritter throw the ball. And what happened? He he ended up uh, throwing away six points. So. I think the, we we could see back up um, Heineke coming into the game this week. So you know, it just depends what 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 Ritter starts like for me. Yeah, I mean, we know he threw two interceptions last week. And to be fair, all season he's not really looked impressive. Obviously, he's done well with his legs at times, but with this with the team he's got around him, you know, we spoke about CJ Shroud earlier. Eh, not CJ Shroud. Um, yeah, CJ, no, the other one. And Bryce earlier. Oh, Bryce, um, sorry, yeah. Not having the weapons around him. You look at this. Atlanta Falcons team. You've got Drake London, B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts. All these are first round picks. You've got Tyler Algier. He's a good running back. You know, they've got we've got weapons everywhere on this offense. So there's no real excuse for what for what he's doing at the minute. Um and yeah, I think he's got to improve otherwise. Yeah, his job's gone and Taylor Heineke will come in and uh, have a go at it. Because obviously when he was in, in Washington he looked pretty good to be honest. Like, I'm not saying he was you know, a brilliant quarterback by any means, but I think he's looking better. He looked better than what Desmond Ridley does right now. I, I think they had a, they had a chance last week. The Falcons to probably fetch in Taylor Heineke and just give him a chance. I mean, they were down seventeen. I think it was at half time. So why not just put him in the ball game? You know, get, get him used to playing again, and then preparing potentially preparing for this week against the Texans. Um, as I said last week, based on the PFF stats that. Desmond Ridder should have thrown more interceptions than than what he than what he already had done by now, and then they went to that Jags game and ended up uh, throwing two, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I mean that just goes that just goes to show that you know the stats aren't wrong; they don't lie, and you know the the AI technology that that they use nowadays it's so like accurate, spot on, and you know they they predicted exactly what was going to happen in this game. Yeah, well that's that's talk about one one bad quarterback on the other side. Got CJ Stroud. Is he the rookie of the year for you so far, Manny? Oh, absolutely. I think he's growing and, and improving week in, uh, week out. To be fair, I mean that job that Bobby Bobby Slavik's doing with not just CJ Stroud but the, the whole offense. Um, they, they they look incredible, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't not love CJ Stroud. To be honest, he's one of them players where he's a joy to watch. Really, obviously, the only player I'd say who is possibly better than him at this point of the season. In terms of offensive rookie of the year, he's of course Puka Nakua, who is you know on court to set the receiving record, uh, single season receiving record of all of all wide receivers. Um, but if it wasn't for him, you can't look past CJ Stroud. Really, he's got I think it's six touchdowns now, no interceptions on the season, twelve hundred yards. This is what this is the most exciting quarterback we've seen coming to the league since probably um, Joe Burrow or, or Patrick Mahomes, and he's a he's a joy to watch. To be honest, he looks like he's been in the league for years, and yeah, in an offense that. Everyone was doubting before the season. Um, you know, there's no no real weapons on this offense. You know, no big names. They got Tankdale, who's of course a, a rookie, um, and Nico Collins, who sort of no one had heard about before the season. Uh, the only offseason acquisition they made that was, you know, a big name was Dalton Schultz, Schultz from the Cowboys, the tight end. Um, but outside of that, you know, CJ Howard put this team in his back and just completely brought optimism for this, for this organization. Well, yeah, I mean, they, obviously they played the Steelers last week. Another zero interception game for CJ Stroud. Nico Collins, as you mentioned, he picked up 168 yards and two touchdowns. And I think he picked up uh, an average of 24 yards. Like, they, they were making some serious chunk plays, to be fair. 
And um, I watched it last week, and I was blown away by some of the, by some of the players they were making. Honestly, it were, it were magic. Um, I mean, Devil Singletary, he actually throws the touchdown to Dalton Schultz. I'm not sure if you saw that or not, but you, just trickery like that. We've seen it more and more often in the NFL, and do you know what? As, as NFL fans as a whole, we just, I'd, me personally, I'd just love to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the Patrick Mahomes effect where you can't not love Patrick Mahomes. I'm sort of getting that same feeling by CJ Shroud and this Houston Texans team. Um, the whole rebuild process that they're in, obviously, this is the first year that they went to rebuilding. They went 3-13 and last year. Obviously, they've got DeMarco Ryan, I think his name is, from who was a 49ers defensive coordinator, and he's brought such good coaching and such a good culture into this Texans organisation. And for the first time in a long time, they've got a real optimism about them. Well, yeah, I mean, I've listened to other other podcasts and, and things on, on Twitter and stuff, and they've said that they can tell that he's got that sort of Shanahan um, effect on this Texans team. And I saw on Twitter as well that someone tweeted saying this is the best coach Texans team they've probably ever seen. So that's actually coming from the fans themselves that, that go to the games. That, for me, just, just sums it up, this Texans team at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, obviously they'll be wanting to carry that momentum into this game. I think they won the last two, I think. Yeah, um, they, they started the, te- the the season zero and two and you thought, um, you know, could, are they going to be shaky again? But fair play, they've turned it around and, you know, they go into this game of momentum. Um, I mean, they stopped the Steelers from scoring a single touchdown last week. They, they had good red zone defence and I think they managed to, the, the only opportunity that the Steelers got, they managed to uh, sort of shut it down. Yeah, so do you, do you expect to see them um, keep the momentum going this week? Yeah, I, fan- I, I fancy again this week. I think Desmond Ridder's under a lot of pressure. Um, whether we see Heineke or not, I'm not sure, but he's, he's probably playing for his job at the moment, and I think that pressure's going to get to him again. Um, and I can see the Texans just, just going that upper notch again um, and, and somehow finding enough. Um, I took them last week against the Steelers, and I'm going to take them this week again against the Falcons. Well, I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. After all the good things I've just said about the Texans, <laughs> um, I just think you know the, the Falcons have lost the last two games, I believe, Um but they're coming into this one against the Texans, who have, if anywhere, they've struggled against the run um, this season so far. And obviously, we know that the Falcons have got that double-headed rushing attack of Tyler Algier and obviously the rookie Bijan Robinson. And I expect that to take over this game. To be honest, I think if the Falcons can get off to a good start, get their running game going, and establish it early, I think you know that we're going for we're going to be in for a high-scoring game on both sides. To be honest, um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons and rely on their rushing offense to just pip this Texans team. So this week we see one of the worst teams in football taking on one of the best teams in football, the Giants versus the Dolphins. Colm, would you agree with me that the Giants are one of the worst teams in football right now? Yeah, I think they are one of the worst teams, probably a bottom two, bottom three team, maybe even the worst team in football right now. And it's, it's a joy to see really being a Cowboys fan, all those smug Giants fans being shut up again. Um, but it's just where they start with how bad they are, really. Uh, you look at Daniel Jones. He's had 24 fumbles since he entered the league in 2019, and that's the most of any quarterback in that period. Um, and the, obviously, they've been absolutely battered all season long. But you've actually led a game for 19 seconds total this season. Uh, uh, I mean, you've been in the lead of a game for 19 seconds. It, it, that, that just doesn't. It doesn't sound real, does it? It, it really doesn't. <laughs> we're, we're on game. We're, we're, we're on week five now, and you know some of the some of the teams that they've played against, they've they've not been the best team. So. So that sort of tells the the, the season at the moment. Um, I mean, yeah. I've got a stat for you as well that they've been outscored seventy seven to nine in first halves combined all season. 
That's crazy, mate. They've scored, they've scored a total of is it nine points or no three points at home so far this season. I mean, I, I saw. Imagine being a New York Giants fan. Well, I, I, I was just going to say that. To be fair, man, I was just going to say that that I've seen some of the tweets and I've seen some of the camera angles when it sort of flashed over to him and the face of the Giants fans. Yeah, they they don't look very happy at the moment. And mate, I can't imagine a season ticket to watch New York Giants is very cheap either in in New York in MetLife Stadium. There's no way that's that's a cheap day out. Um, so to go to two games and see three points, I'd be absolutely livid. I mean, I, I think they've been. I guess they were all right last season. I think they put a few wins together. And they didn't get to the playoffs. Am I right? No, uh, they might have been a wild card. I can't I'm remember. not sure if they were a wild card or not. But I, I do remember watching them uh, when they played in the London series, and I thought they were fairly well coached. I think they beat the Packers that 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 uh, that game. But coming to this season, they just look like a completely different team. They they look worse, if anything. Um, although the coaching's not changed, so I can't really wrap my head around that. Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty sure Brian Dayball won the uh, Coach of the Year last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then obviously you're coming to this season, and they've been absolutely horrendous. Uh, and it, to be honest, obviously I've been a fan of the NFL for t- since 2016 now, so I've obviously seen the Cowboys against the against the Giants in in that period. And for that whole period, you never actually seen the Giants as a threat to the Cowboys or the or the Eagles. It's always been the Eagles and the Cowboys dominating that division. And uh, sort of sort of like every couple of years the the Giants have a bit of hope and they think, oh, we might get the playoffs and then they might scrape a wild card here and there. But generally speaking, it's an organisation that is not very well run. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a lower lower table team. And obviously they had, they had that bit of confidence with Brian Dable coming in and turning it around a bit. But they, they paid Daniel Jones' off-season in probably the worst move of the entire off-season. £40 million for, for a quarterback who, who everyone with a pair of eyes can tell you he isn't good enough to be in this league. You know what I mean? I, d- I don't know. You know, he must know. He must know someone inside Giants or inside the NFL or something to get a contract like that because I think he's up there with one of, if not the most, um, overrated quarterback. Probably, probably challengers Kenny Pickett for that. So maybe they're in competition with each other for that. Cause they, I don't know. I genuinely don't know how he's still still playing in that Giants team. It's it's crazy. And and the fact that they offered him a contract as well, like. You know, I genuinely well, think like I, I could throw. I, I could do a better job. I think you could do a better job from from what we're seeing at the moment. Well, I, I think from the Giants' perspective is obviously they had that bit of an upturn last season, um, which obviously gives you a bit of confidence about the coach and about, about the quarterback. I think it was at a point where obviously they've played too well to be able to draft a quarterback early um, or have to trade up for one. So I thought, right, well, Daniel Jones has been quite impressive, somewhat impressive, shall I say, for the second half of the season. Um, and they were sort of backed into that corner and obviously they paid him that 40 million a year and now you're almost committed to it. You can't drop him after just paying him 40 million. Well, you so know, you're not wrong. To that, yeah. to that project. Yeah, I suppose you're right on that one. Um, I think based um, on power rankings this week, I think they've actually dropped down to the to the worst. I'm, I might be wrong on that, but the, the def- obviously they're somewhere down at the bottom. I might, I might have misread that. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'd... I'd I'd have them down there. I'm probably worse than than some of the teams that have been down there for the past couple of weeks. Not sure if they're as bad as the Bears, but they're, they're not much better than them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only team worse than them for for me is the Bears. Um, and I mean, but even even saying that, I'd, I'd definitely take Justin Fields over over Daniel I Jones. I agree. To be Absolutely. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Um, I can't but, believe we're saying it's that. Not to all. Be fair. I know, but maybe it's not all Daniel Jones' fault. I mean, obviously that offensive line is banged up. Um, they had a makeshift one on. Monday Night Football that got absolutely battered down. Uh, they gave up 11 sacks to Daniel Jones. And I think, you know, obviously, yes, the, the offensive line is, is not good because they're going to play 11 sacks. But at some point, 
the play calling has to change. You know, get it out of the hands faster. Do just change something that have Daniel Jones rolling out of the pocket and getting it out faster or something. But it wasn't. He was just constantly getting hit and hit and hit and hit all night. I can't believe and, it. eleven um, sacks. I mean that, that that's that number doesn't sound real. That's almost an NFL record, I think. Um, yeah. it, honestly, I, I don't really know where the Giants go from here. I'm not sure if there is any positive news around Saquon Barkley when he when he can return. I'm not sure if he's rumored to return this week or not. I'm not sure if you know any more on that. I, I think there is a possibility he returns this week. But if I if I'm Saquon Barkley, I, you know he's been in this organization since 2018 when he was drafted second overall, and you know he's been he's had numerous injuries. And it's sort of a similar sort of thing to what happened with McCaffrey in, in uh, Carolina. You know, you get that much load in such a bad team. You take, you're touching the ball 30 times a game and you get hit 27 times a game. You know, you're bound to get injuries. And he needs he needs that trade away or in the offseason to leave the, the Giants just like McCaffrey did with the, with Carolina and get himself on a big on a big team because at least when he first came into the league, he was as good as Christian McCaffrey. Whether he's now after all the injuries, you know, we, we, we can't see that on this team. Um, but you know he's a phenomenal talent, and it's it's hard to watch him there in in New York. He, he deserves the trade away, really. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, if if they do lose him in in the next off season, then I worry for the Giants. I just don't really see where the points are coming from. Um, I mean, Daniel Jones was actually their leading rush rush last uh, last game <laughs> against the Seahawks. So, you know, is he trying to do too much, or is it the fact that they just haven't got any quality there that he's having to sort of overcompensate and do that as well? Well, I think that is that is the main problem. There's there's just no quality, but there really they brought obviously Darren Waller in, in the off season, the star tight end, and paid him big, I think. Um, but again, he's not really done anything to impress. Whether that's he's not been schemed open or whatever, but you know he's he's not done anything to set the world alight. Uh, and when you're one of the highest tight ends, highest paid tight ends in the league, you should be you know at least producing something more than he is right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let, let's flip it over to the Dolphins. They're another playing in this game. Um, how did you think they got on last week against the Bills? Well, I think it was a bit of a, a humbling experience for, for the Dolphins last week. Obviously, I did call that the Bills would win this game. I didn't expect it to be by twenty-eight points by any means, but you know, obviously, we know that the, we know the Dolphins got one of the best offenses in the league, and that that's not changed. Um, obviously, on the de- defensive side of the ball, you can't afford to put up forty-eight points to, to allow sorry forty-eight points if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, and that's what this Dolphins team are, are aspiring to be. Um, so you know the offense wasn't wasn't terrible last week, but the, the 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 defense just gave up way too many yards. Obviously, you saw Stefan Diggs score three touchdowns. He was one on one with the cornerback. I forgot his name. Um, oh, he pretty much he, he had a field like he day. Put him on skates, didn't he? And just just sort of blitzed him and left him for for dead. I'm not sure it was a bit of a weird player if it, if it's the one that, well, that, that, that you're talking about. And I remember correctly. Well, it happened on on three different players, the same cornerback. I'm pretty sure, and it's like, why why are we not changing something here? Yeah. Obviously, I know they've got um, Jalen Ramsey to come back at some point this season, um, and they're going to really rely on that. Um, you know, when he comes back to to bolster their defense, uh, but but right now, yeah, it just wasn't good enough against the Bills. But I mean, I'm looking at that Dolphins offense currently, and and after that Bills game, I mean, they were absolutely firing best best in the league uh, going into that game. Um, and then when they came up against a play, playoff-worthy team, in my opinion, the Bills, they didn't look as dominant. I mean, we saw Raheem Mostert, I think he had a couple of fumbles, and that sort of, obviously that gives the ball back to the Bills, and, and then the defence is up against it. So I'm not sure if it was, pro- probably a bit of both. You know, defence not, not fully turning up, but then there were still a lot of mistakes on uh, on offence as well. Yeah, well, and I guess, obviously the Bills have got a very good defence, they forced those mistakes. Um but obviously they come into this game. This is a get-right game for the Dolphins, and 
you know, they'll be happy that they're coming to, to, to play the Giants because it's a game where, you know, they can exploit their weaknesses and make the most of this good offense. And again, do you think do you think the Dolphins can put up another 70-burger this week? I, I, honestly, yeah, I can, to be fair. Um, maybe maybe not the, the 70 points like they did against the Broncos, but I can see them in high numbers. I mean, that Devon H. Cheney looks... <laughs> It looks insane, to be fair, and I think they, they picked him up in the third round. He's an absolute steal. I just can't believe it. He got another couple of touchdowns last week. Obviously, we know what Raheem Osterts like. Did he? Maybe we just had an off game last week. Um, and then they've got Tyreek Hill and, and, and Jalen Waddle back in the mix as well. So they've just got talent absolutely everywhere. And I, I can see them, you know, putting up big numbers against Giants this week. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Dolphins this week. I think they will score at least 50, if not more. I think the offense will be on the field a lot of the time because, you know, the Giants just won't be on the field. And the thing is, like, how how do the Giants stop the Dolphins? They, they can't. There's no way. They don't have anything to stop the Dolphins just running through them. You know, they're not, they're not going to stop them to third. And, like, they're not going to stop them to fourth downs and punts and whatever. It's going to be touchdown to touchdown to touchdown. So I think, yeah, we're in, we're in for another big scoreline here for the Dolphins. I think they could win by, by 50. In the next matchup, we see the one and three Cincinnati Bengals take on the one and three Arizona Cardinals. Both of the teams just come off tough losses. Um, minute, obviously, we've seen the we've seen the Bengals struggle this season. Is, is it time to bench Joe Burrow and let him in, let him heal that injury? Yeah, I think it is. To be fair, um, he's sort of you know he's out there um, and he's cl- quite clearly struggling as well. Um, we, we saw that against um, the Titans, weren't they played last week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, against the Titans last week, um, and yeah, maybe it's just time to bench him for for a week or two. I'm not sure when the buy is coming up. I feel like it's the the week after next, so this could be a good chance just to give him that two week break and hopefully get him back, uh, get him back to full fitness um, when the buy is finished. Yeah, I completely agree. He's um, he's lacking so much of his you know his full performance. Really, he's, uh, he can't really move around in the pocket. He's just stood still. And I actually saw a player last week where they're in the red zone and the Titans just give him the whole, like, there's a, a gap of about 20 yards to the, like, open for him to just run to the end zone, knowing he couldn't take it, and then forcing him to uh, to throw it. And obviously by doing that, they're obviously putting more players in the pass defence and not worried about the, worrying about the run as much. Um, and I think, yeah, at one and three on the season already, your season is pretty much done statistically, um, and he's never going to heal properly while he's still playing. Oh, you're asking for obviously he got the big contract this this off season, so he's the highest paid player in the league, and you're putting that at risk every every time he goes on the field. Yeah, that that's one thing that obviously the Bengals don't want the they don't want him injured, you know, long term. Um, so so for me, it's probably a good time to rest up. Um, it's a shame for Bengals fans because it's been so good for the last couple of years. So I imagine their expectations are, are quite high at the moment. But sometimes you've just got to um, think more of the long term rather than the short term. For me. Yeah, well, obviously, if you, you try and look at the positives here, if they, if they do bench Joe Burrow or even let him play and they continue to lose, you know, obviously, like I just said, Joe Burrow's in a huge contract now, so they've got to try and find good, cheaper players. And obviously, the only way to do that, really, is through the draft process. So, obviously, having a poor season then gives you better draft picks. You know, if, if they can add weapons to this already decent, fundamental football team, then, um, you know, it, it could be better for the long term anyway. Yeah, I think uh, even there's there's some potentially worse news as well for Bengals that T Higgins might not be available for this game coming up against the Cardinals as well. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? You know what the the the, the Cardinals are a sleeper team for me. They're going under the radar as 
a lot better than what the record suggests. I I I, I believe anyway. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Three. Well, yeah. Two two very close losses, and obviously they did lose in the end quite big to the 49ers, But for a while in that game, they, they did keep it close. And uh, you know, again, Josh Dobbs, two hundred sixty five yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, the, the the numbers are pretty good. Marquise Brown is now finding his feet in Arizona. Um, and they're they're a team that are certainly not you know a bottom three team league, and uh, I think they'll, I think they'll win more games going forward in this season, and this this one is a good opportunity for them to to you know improve on that record if if they are going to go for it this season. This is the game they've got to win. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking at those divisional games. Obviously the the Rams, Seahawks, and, and they did lose to the Forty ers Can I see them picking up wins in the division? I'm not sure. I feel like they could be close, and you know a lot of people, including myself, probably wrote them off in the past and. They're not actually as, as as bad as the record suggests, or as, as as they have been in the past couple of seasons. So, like you said, I mean, this is a probably you know it's a great chance, especially if Joe Burrow's not playing. I mean, even if he's on the field, then you, they can identify what his weaknesses are, just like the Titans did, and probably capitalize on that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And obviously, they've got the headache in in a couple of weeks when, well, I think it's still a few weeks out actually. Um, Kyler Murray, he will be ready in a few weeks coming off obviously that season injury a year ago um, but from my perspective I'd be thinking you know sort of stick with what we've got right now obviously Joshua Jobs yeah he's 1-3 and three, but his performances out there on the field are actually better than better than what, what the record suggests really and he's he's good with his legs as well just like Kyler but he's got a bit of a, a bigger bit of bigger frame to him so less susceptible to, to injuries I don't think he's done enough to lose that job back to Kyler to be honest No I'd have to agree with that completely um, you know we know what Kyler's like and, and what he's been like for the for the past couple of seasons. Sort of a, you know, similar but different quarterback. And for me, I don't think Joshua Dobbs has done anything wrong. So I think he's probably earned his place in that team um, and and deserve to to at least be allowed to stick it out for for the rest of the you know potentially the rest of the season. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it all depends on on how he performs over the next few weeks, I suppose. Yeah. Um, obviously. We- we, obviously we talked about Josh Dobbs, another, another big man they've got on offense is Zach Ertz. Obviously, we remember him from his best days in, in Philadelphia. And he, he's one man who was pretty much really disappointed to me so far this season. I think he had one wide open in the end zone or something last week and he dropped it. And I think since he's been in Arizona, he's, his head's gone a little bit. Like, he doesn't seem to have that same ability that he had in Philadelphia. And I think if they can sort of get him going again, then this offense could, could start working really well. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a strange... Strange move for him. I'm not sure what what triggered that move originally, but you know he's Money gone from probably. that. Well, yeah, he's gone, but he, but he's gone from that Eagles team that had potential Super Bowl winners. Obviously, looked improve over the last few years, but have always for me, or for as long as I've been watching, they've always been a lot better than the Cardinals. So he's he's put himself into a position where he's probably never never even really going to touch the playoffs. Um, mentally, I'm not sure how that would affect him, but yeah, I, I agree. You know probably expect a little bit more from Zach Ertz. One guy who has impressed me though and, and he continued to impress last week against the Niners is Michael Wilson. Um, it looks like a decent receiver and he picked up a couple of touchdowns as well. So maybe Zach Ertz yeah, is not going to be the first two the, as well. <clears throat> sorry. I think I think they're his first two touchdowns of his career as well. Oh well, you know, so that's that that's going to be confidence for him. So I don't I don't think Zach Ertz is going to be the main guy by any means, so you know, I'd, I'm not really too sure how they're going to get Zach Ertz involved going forward. Yeah, well, this week could be the week, obviously, this, these are two mediocre teams going at it, and, you know, there's, there's probably not any playoff um, 
you know, predictions for either of these two teams. But with that being said, we've obviously still got to pick a winner um, in a pretty boring game, to be honest. But who are you taking in this one? Um, I think... I think I'll probably go for the Cardinals. Um, I won't. I was obviously not impressed at all by the Bengals last week. Um, so for that reason, and the fact that Burrow is carrying that knot, whether he plays or not, we're not sure yet. Uh, but for that reason, I'll go for the Cardinals to win. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. I'm taking the Cardinals to beat the Bengals. I don't think anyone would have said that at the start of the season. No. Um, but yeah, I think this Cardinals offense is just moving a lot more smoother than than the Bengals. Obviously, we seem to beat the Cowboys already this season. So, you know, the Cowboys are a lot fiercer opposition than the Bengals are right now um, so yeah give, give me the Cardinals to beat the Bengals so moving on we see this week the Rams are taking on the Eagles the Rams last week came off a huge overtime victory against the Colts Colin what were your thoughts on the Rams and in particular Puka Nakua I mean what more can, can be said about Puka Nakua um, again another 9 receptions 163 yards and a touchdown last week uh, and he and he scored that that touchdown was the touchdown in overtime to to win his team the game and I mean I don't think I've ever been this impressed with a rookie wide receiver since probably Justin Jefferson um, and obviously Justin Jefferson is the only person ahead of Puka in terms of receiving yards this season uh, both of them are probably on course to break the single season receiving record and the scary thing is the Rams have still got um, Cooper Cup to come back from injury um, so. <laughs> When uh, when he comes back, I'm not sure how these uh, receptions are going to be divvied up. Everyone's going to be wide open across the field, I think. Um, yeah. it, it's crazy, really, to be fair. I mean, considering they picked him up in the fifth round as well, the draft, you know, he's probably one of them guys that went sort of unnoticed and were really quiet to start with. And, I mean, he's put 100-plus yards up in three out of four games that they've played in this season. Yeah, and to me, well, I mean, I think a lot of it is to come down to Sean McVay. You know they had to scheme the receiver open. Obviously, we saw... Cooper Cup gets schemed open a lot uh, a couple of years ago when he won Offensive Player of the Year, and um, it's a similar sort of situation with Puka. He's just always he's always been the right place at the right times at the minute. Um, and then obviously for the Rams as a whole, they went off to a twenty to nil lead um, in the first half, and then sort of took the foot off the gas really and let the Colts come back into it. They obviously the Colts tied it in the fourth quarter, um, took the game to overtime, and and the Rams obviously marched on the field, turned turned the switch back on, and uh, scored a, scored a touchdown and didn't give the Colts a chance. So there's a lot of positives in the game, um, obviously, but obviously some concerns as well coming out a bit about game management and you know they can't afford to do that against a team like the Eagles this week. Certainly not. No, I, I I'd agree with you on that completely. I'm I'm so you know Sean McVay as well. He'll be I'm surprised he won't be very happy. We know what sort of high rate and his temper's like, and I can understand they'll be trying to drill this into to his Rams team that if they've got a, a, a team by by the throats like they did the Colts at half-time, I think, what did you say, they were up 20, 20 points, something like that. Points, it, yeah. It'll definitely be wanting them to kill them games off. I did notice that um, the Rams missed a lot of field goals last week, so that probably would have took the game away from the Colts, but for missing those field goals, it allowed the Colts back in. Yeah. Well, yeah, two, two missed field goals last week, and, you know, that is the difference sometimes between winning and losing games, so Brett Maher has definitely got to clean that aspect of his game up. Yeah, as well, um, Kyron Williams, he had a huge game, and um, I think that you mentioned that they were, they were talking about taking some of the load off him, is that right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he injured his hip during the game, and Sean McVay sort of, sort of hinted to the fact after the game that, you know, we need to sort of reduce the load on, on this young player, because, you know, they can so easily get injured in, the, in this game as they're running back and touching the ball soft, and so whether that's just a bluff for, for the opposition to not look, look too much into it or not, but, you know, last week he did have over 100 yards and two touchdowns, so... When someone's proofing them sort of numbers, you kind of don't want to take, take the ball off them too much. But, well, you know, we'll see what they do this week. Obviously, they did trade away Cam Akers, so it's whether they can get another running back 
in, in that room to take another load off him. And we saw Ronnie Rivers have 47 yards last week. So, you know, I expect him to maybe have a, a bit more, a few more carries this week. I think probably the only concerning thing for me is uh, Matthew Seppard. I saw that he picked up a bit of a hip injury and he sort of looked a bit fragile going into, well, late into the fourth and, and into overtime as well. Um, I know that he got the job done, but do you think that'll affect him against the Eagles next week? Well, obviously, I'm not sure if it'll affect him personally because we know what sort of player he is. He was always banged up in his, uh, his time at the Lions and he battled through and he was just always pulled things out of the bag. Um, but it's something that, you know, you don't want to happen going into a game against the Eagles who are... You know, one of the best defensive lines, if not the best defensive line in football right now. And it's just, as soon as they sniff blood, it's it's over for you. So, you really can't afford to show any of that fragileness going into this week, that for, for certain. No, that that uh, that pass rush will definitely be wanting to get to him this week. Is It doesn't look like he's in a state to sort of run the ball himself. Not that he does very often. So, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the, Eagle, the Eagles will be wanting to get after him this week. Yeah, I mean, they, they, look, they look good again last week. I mean, there were parts of the game where... Obviously, Washington took them took them down to the wire, but the defense still looked good for the majority of the game. Obviously, Jalen Carter, he's obviously on the other side of the ball. Who uh, he could be on for defensive rookie of the year. Um, you know, he's up there with one of the most um, pressure rates in the entire league. Great in the run game. You know, you're pairing him with um, Fletcher Cox in the run game, and it's almost how do you run, run at this Eagles team? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a scary thought for for Matthew Stafford coming into this one. Yeah, as well as Nicholas Morrow, he um, he picked up three sacks and sort of ten plus tackles. I think it were he had an absolute monster game. He got to uh, Sam Howell a lot, so I imagine he'll be fired up and and hoping to get to Matthew Stafford as well. In in yeah, terms I, of their offense for the sorry, go on. I, I do think that happens. though. you know you have the big names that you know the the commander tried to uh, scheme scheme away from the from the uh, from the quarterback, but then obviously it allows people like Nicholas Morrow, he's not so really much of a big name, and he gets three sacks on the day. So this Eagles team has got people firing on all cylinders in every position. Well, they have on defence and they certainly have an offence as well. They've stretched their record to 4-0. and zero. But do you think they're as good as the record suggests? I, I do. And I, they're sort of winning ugly at the moment. I mean, obviously, 34 points in the commanders is a lot, but obviously then they gave up 31 points. Whereas in other games this season, Jalen Hurts has looked a bit hit and miss and, um, you know, thrown a couple of interceptions. But at the end of the day, they keep winning. They're winning ugly as a team. And um, I think they are really building themselves up for the playoffs, if, if anything. And obviously, the, the big thing for me that's impressed me is AJ Brown. The, f- the first couple of weeks, he uh, he was quiet. Devonta Smith had a bit more of a production rate, but the last two weeks, he's put his pink boots on and he's bloody t- turned that production on its head. And he's you know another 175 yards and two touchdowns. That the man's unstoppable at times. Well, he actually saved Jalen Hurts this week. I'm going to say that it, it did look improved, Jalen Hurts, to me. He picked up 319 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but I did notice that AJ Brown saved him on, I feel like it was more than one occasion, it might have just been the ones, but I'm not sure, um, where he sort of, you know, thrown himself up in the air, managed to somehow cling on to the ball and, and keep it without fumbling it or anything, you know, anything like that. So, lucky because he had double coverage on him, but you know what AJ Brown's like, he's just, well, it's quality really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he certainly is. And it's such a good partnership he's got with Devonta Smith, really, because obviously AJ Brown's a big bodied receiver, you know, he can he can throw his body around and make contested catches, whereas Devonta Smith, I'm not saying he can't do that, but he's a smaller frame and he just sort of runs those quicker routes better than AJ Brown. And AJ Brown runs the, the sort of the, the more contested routes better. And it's just a good, it's a great partnership for, for that team, really. Well, I noticed last week that the Eagles were running a lot of bubble screens, so fair play to Brian Johnson. I think they actually picked up a touchdown off a, off a bubble screen play. So 
it, granted, it did have blockers going forward, but smart from from Jalen to to notice that, and he was one on one, nipped inside, and then you know got in, got himself into the end zone. Um, you mentioned Devonta Smith, and you know DeAndre Smith had a quiet but decent game as well. He picked up a touchdown and fifty six rushing yards. So they've got it on on reception on, on on receptions and rushing as well. You know, there's so much talent. Yeah, it's a, it's a very scary team because you can't really pinpoint a weakness at any point on on, on the team. Really, they've got. You know, statistically, the best offensive line in the league. You know, a top three defensive line in the league. And then, obviously, you've got Darius Slay on the outside as well. And it's like, how do you stop and how do you defeat this Eagles team? And, obviously, that's what the Rams have got to figure out this week. I'm sure Sean McVay has been working tirelessly to try and come up with a plan to do just that. Well, even if the uh, if the Rams do look to force them into field goals, Jay Kelly, he looked reliable. In, I don't actually think he missed, and he, and he scored it in overtime for the Eagles. So they're going to get points against you, regardless of what you do for me, unless Sean McBay can draft up something incredible. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to be taking the Eagles in this one. I think they, they have sent their record to 5-0. and Again, I think the Rams, you know, they're, they're a potential wildcard team, um, but against a team like the Eagles, they're not in the same sort of league as them, to be honest, at the moment. So uh, I'm going to have to take, take the Eagles on this. Yeah, I'll be going for the Eagles to win this one as well. In the next game, we have the Dog Bowl. The worst game of the week. We see the New York Jets take on the Denver Broncos. You know, it has two bottom five teams in the league. Uh, probably a must-win for, for, for both of them. Uh, but, Manny, do you think it's a must-win game for Zach Wilson in his career? I think it is, and it's it's crazy that we're saying that that it's a you know the the Jets are a bottom five team because before the season you know we we probably had them going to the playoffs with with some of the signs that they got. Um, I think the Jets do look improved compared to the Patriots. Not that they couldn't possibly improve, but I'll give you an interesting stat that Zach Wilson is the only ever quarterback to outperform Patrick Mahomes in any college or NFL football game. So if that's out to go off, that would suggest that. You know, it, it should be it should be good for this Broncos game as well, but it's the Jets, so we just don't know which way this game is going to go. Um, but yeah, I do think it's a must-win for the Jets. I imagine you you feel the same way. Yeah, well, we're seeing this new era of Zach Wilson, the headbandless Zach Wilson, and is is this the one we've been waiting for the whole time? <laughs> That's the question, I suppose. Um, and yeah, for the Jets, obviously they've got any any sort of ambitions this season. They've got to be winning this game. Obviously, they are one and three at the moment. They're in. Probably the most difficult division in football. Even winning this game, it's going to be very, very tough to, to get get to the playoffs or anything. But just for for the sake, the sake of this team, for the sake of this head coach, and for the sake of Zach Wilson, they've got to win this game. Obviously, we've heard rumours that they're bringing in Trevor Simeon um, to, to, to replace Zach Wilson. And, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson did look improved last week. 28-39, two touchdowns and 245 yards. But then he did all that, and then he fumbled the ball. Uh, did, did he fumble the ball, I think? Um, at the end of that, yeah, uh, yeah, in a comeback, yeah, I feel like he did fumble the ball, and for for the Chiefs to inevitably win the game, yeah, they got, they got the Chiefs got the ball back, and then they uh, they closed out the game. I'm pretty sure they held the ball for fucking like six or seven minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, the, the the game management was phenomenal, to be fair, from the Chiefs, and and that's you know that that got them the win in the end. To be fair, you know the Jets matched them fairly well, I thought throughout. Um, you know, you got some Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson. They put up decent numbers. Bryce, uh, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook didn't look bad either. So they did look improved for me um, yeah. since since playing the Patriots, which you know I, I feel like we both completely ripped the Jets off and they were going to get blown out pretty much, um, or they you know they'd score very lowly against the Chiefs, but it was much closer than than what we anticipated. 
Yeah, and obviously you saw you saw obviously Zach Wilson played well until the fumble, and then obviously you saw all his teammates surrounding him, um, trying to pick him up, and you know the look on his face—he just looked heartbroken. To be fair, look a man shaking of confidence. He looked like he had nothing left to give, and uh, it, it it really it really worries me. It was hard to watch, to be honest. No, like seeing that young player like that just broken by by the fans, by the media, by well his own demons probably. Uh, with how bad he has been playing, and I hope it doesn't really affect him too much into this game. He must come into this one with a bit of hope that he can turn over the Broncos, and uh, you know, hopefully, have the team behind him again this week. Um, but obviously, you know, the best players they don't they don't seem to be affected by confidence. Even when they're playing bad, they don't seem to have any confidence issues, like your Patrick Holmes, for example. Whereas obviously, players that do play on confidence, you know, you are susceptible to up and down troughs throughout the career, and I think that's what Zach Wilson his career might end up being if he has a career. Yeah, I mean, he's got a chance, hasn't he, now to, to sort of prove himself and, and, and show what he's worth. Um, prove the haters wrong, I guess. Um, he, he didn't do that against the Patriots. It were close against the Chiefs, but you, you just feel like this Broncos game, is it's a it's a must-must win for him. Yeah, certainly is. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously you got the Broncos who come back from a 21-point deficit. And uh, Russell Wilson, by the way, who obviously got so much hate last season just as uh, Zach Wilson is this year but this year he's actually playing well despite their 1-3 record um, I saw this uh, I saw yesterday people saying how well he's actually playing he could be a kind of comeback player of the year because he has actually been playing that well and he's just been let down by the worst defence in football right now yeah yeah. And the, st- the stats back it up they do I mean they found themselves 27-0 down I think it were at half time so fair play to Russell Wilson he, he got the march in the second half um, I think in the fourth quarter they went 17 points unanswered so you know he's he's doing his best, but he's also worth a lot of money. So that's that's what we should, you know, that's what we expect from him. I think he went two hundred twenty three yards, three touchdowns. Um, Cortland Sutton, I mentioned him last week. He didn't look too bad either. I think you mentioned earlier that he could be getting traded away though. Yeah, well, it's been interesting, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I think it's because like, obviously if the Broncos were to lose this game, the season is effectively over, and obviously they'll want some trade compensation for for these big name players. Um, see if they've got nothing else to play for um, so again this is definitely a must win game for the Broncos if they, if they want anything to happen this season and to, to, to keep their big players yeah I just think in this game though I think the Jets defence will stand up strong as well um, and, pro- and, and well I expect them to outperform the Broncos defence for sure and I think just having that little bit more quality on that side of the ball allows Zach Wilson to get the ball and, and you know have a chance of, of winning this game so for that reason I feel like I'd well I'm going to say that I'm going to go for the Jets. Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said there. I think this game is going to come down to the quality of the defence. And obviously, we think the Jets are probably a top seven, top eight defence in the league. Uh, and in contrast, the Broncos have been statistically the worst defence in the league. And I think by that by that maths, uh, Jets will you know turn over, like get the, get the ball back more often and give Zach Wilson more opportunities. So I'm also taking the New York Jets in this one. So, moving over to the Chiefs taking on the Vikings. Callum, the Chiefs looked shaky last week. Did the Jets deserve to win that game? Well, you could argue that the Jets certainly could have won that game. You know, people, including myself, kind of think that the referees might have been in favour of Kansas City there. You know, Patrick Mahomes threw his third inception of that game to Sauce Garner, and then the flag, the flag got through for Holden, I think it was, and it was a very, very suspicious call, if I'm honest. It didn't really look like much of a hold to me. Um, but throughout the game there was other decisions as well that went in favour of the Chiefs and I guess that's what happens when you're you you know, you're a reigning Super Bowl champion and you've got all these big names 
you do kind of get the benefits of the officials. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they beat the points. They beat the they beat the Jets by three points last week, which is got got to be a concern for this kind of city organization against one of the worst teams in football. Um, you know, they didn't look good. Patrick Holmes threw two, arguably three interceptions, and um, yeah, they left a lot to be desired last week. Um, obviously, to come into this game against the Vikings, who again aren't great, but you know, you never know what Vikings are going to turn up. So it should be an interesting game this week. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Chiefs, it, like I said, they have looked a bit shaky in in most of the games that they play, barring barring the Bears one. Um, but I see them going up against Vikings this week. They're extremely weak to the rush. Can we see people like Asaya Paheko absolutely running through this Vikings defense? Well, yeah, like you say, Asaya Pacheco was one of the best players on that team last week. He had 115 rushing yards on a touchdown, and then he had a further. 43 um, receiving yards and he was running angry last week I'm saying he was running angry obviously we've all heard the story behind Pacheco and the hardships he's been through in his life and it's every time he sits on the field it looks like he's just running angry running through demons and again I think that could could show up again this week it's a very very lacklustre and poor Vikings defence well sometimes you need that Some t- I mean you know some players that, that's, the, that's the buzz that they get when they're angry they, they tend to play better um, I, I expect a little bit more from Clyde Edwards Alaire this week. I feel like he's been having a bit of a quiet season, but I looked at him last season. Uh, I was maybe it's the season before. I'm not sure now, and he, he was the main guy at the Chiefs, but he, he seems to have gone quiet. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I think I think it was part way through last season. Pacheco started, started taking more of the load off of Edwards Alaire, um, and he's continued to stay that way. Uh, I mean, Edwards Alaire does come in at, in certain points and offers a good a good bit of productivity, but. I think Pacheco is just the number one guy there, uh, but I think you know both of them could have a big a big day uh, this Sunday against the uh, against the Vikings. I'm sure another man looking to have a big day will be Travis Kelsey, and all he'll be looking to make a swift impact on the game, don't you think? Uh, I, I'm honestly sick of all the Swifty videos and jokes and everything now. I, I'm it's been on it for two weeks, and all I can see every time every, every time the Chiefs score a touchdown, it cuts to Taylor Swift in the blue box. Ryan Reynolds was next to her, and now everyone's only bothered about Taylor Swift. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds were sat next to her as if they were just nobodies. Ah, oh, I know like, it gets what? to you. I mean, that's that's what fuels me, and that's why I keep that's that's why I keep doing it. I thought Ryan Reynolds is a much bigger celebrity than Taylor Swift, but apparently I'm wrong. Apparently I'm wrong. No, um, he's he's doing what? something dodgy with Wrexham in in English football now. But we're not we're, we don't talk English football on this podcast. We're we're only bothered about the NFL and pop stars. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on from pop stars, uh, we're looking <laughs> at this Vikings team. Obviously, Kirk Cousins last week, he was poor and they were fortunate to beat the Panthers last week. I mean, he threw a pick six on the Panthers' goal line. Um, again, t- two interceptions for Kirk Cousins. He's obviously third in the league in, rush- in, rece- in passing yards, bloody hell. But, you know, he- he- he's not at the best season. No, he's-, he's certainly not. I mean, the Vikings have actually got the most turnovers in the league. They've got 11 total turnovers. Um which puts them at minus eight uh, in terms of what they've turned over and what they've recovered. So I thought that were an interesting start. And they only turned the ball over eight times, I think it was, last year. Or maybe they only fumbled the ball eight times. I'm not quite sure. But either way, they've they've, they've already beat that record this season. We're, in a, we're only on week five. So <laughs> I, I don't really understand what's what's going on. You, you mentioned they threw a pick sick. I think I think he threw two interceptions last week, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we did say that, that you know they've got to slow down with the turnovers. Um, 
and and when they're coming up against teams like the Chiefs, then the for me the Chiefs will take complete um, sort of I can't think of the word. They'll they'll. I, I know what you mean. I can't remember the word myself, but the, yeah, the, they'll, well, they'll, they'll take advantage of it. Well, they'll capitalize. That, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They'll cap, they'll capitalize on on those Vikings mistakes. Um, and if if they do it this week, then the Chiefs are just going to take advantage and, and run away with the game for me. Yeah, but it's just such a naive thing to be talking about in the NFL. Really, turnovers and fumbles cost like not not so much turnovers, but certainly fumbles, which we've seen Alexander Madison do a lot this season and cost his team games. But it's crazy because his productivity outside the fumble is so good. Like last week, had another ninety-five yards, and if they can just wipe out these fumbles, you know their record will probably look a lot healthier than it does right now. Which is why I feel like there's a a better fundamental team under the record. Uh, for the Vikings, and obviously we saw how good they were last season. That doesn't just disappear in the blink of an eye. Obviously Justin Jefferson he still leads the league, and he's you know he is the best receiver in the league. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. they've got a lot of weapons here, and I, and I think they can cause the Chiefs some problems this week. Yeah, I mean they've obviously got the quality as well, and they added Cam Akers in. Um, not not sure you know how he played last week. Um, maybe, maybe you can give me a little bit more info on that. To be honest, I didn't I didn't see much of him. To be honest, I mean. He has rushed five times to 40 yards, so his average carry was good. But, you know, maybe it's something they need to work into this game and take some of the pressure off Madison, who's obviously shook the confidence at the moment. And, uh, you know, let Cam Akers take some of that load off him. Yeah, I agree. Do do, do you see a potential upset here, then? Do you, do you see the Vikings beat the Chiefs? I, I, do, I do see a potential upset, to be honest. I'm not sure if I dare pick the Vikings right now. I mean, but the season's on the, the line, is it not? The the one and three, they would be one and four if they lost this game. Yeah, the season is on the line. You're not wrong there, but it's a it's a big feat to overcome the Chiefs. Uh, it's a good defense. In fact, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Vikings to beat the Chiefs this week in a wild upset. I just think this offense is going to click. The defense is going to click, and they're going to come out on top against the Chiefs and shock the world. Well, I would be very, very surprised if the Chiefs lose this game, but I've had some dodgy calls this year. You've you've not done bad. Probably not. As, I'm going to say you've not done as good as me, but obviously I'm going to say that. Oh, 14-2 um, last week. Oh, well, you know, you could be right. But for me, you know, Andy Reid, Chiefs, Mahomes gets back to the firing and, uh, and they beat this Vikings team. Go Swifties. Moving on then to Sunday night football, we have the game of the week. The San Francisco 49ers take on the Dallas Cowboys, two of the best teams in football right now. And one man who's impressed me throughout the season so far is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think he's one of the best. Minute is he MVP? Is he an MVP candidate right now? I think he's got to be in with a shout. I mean, I'm 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 sick of seeing these these quarterbacks these quarterbacks win it when there's people like Christian McCaffrey around, and you know he's putting up touchdowns and multiple touchdowns. Every single game, he put up four last week, four touchdowns against the Cardinals, um, and he had twenty carries for one hundred and six yards. I think he picked up seventy plus yards in the reception game as well. So, the guy's insane. I mean, he can do everything. I feel like he needs a drug you know test. What? If I'm honest, you know what? I, I just can't believe he's white. He, he must be the best white man to play non-quarterback ever you, in the history of the league. You're not wrong. I he's just, he's I just an animal. Agree. You know, he's he's got to but, be in the MVP talks. He asked me because he's got four touchdowns in a game. Most quarterbacks don't throw for four touchdowns in the game. So how can he not be in the con- how can he not be in the conversation? If he's, if he's contributing more yards and touchdowns than quarterbacks, then he's in the picture, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, what what was that that you were telling me about the other day with CMC that 
you know, I think he'd scored a touchdown every single game. And if you'd have put X amount on, you'd be you'd be making thousands by now, wouldn't you? Yeah. So the last, well, not excluding week four, the, the previous twelve weeks he scored a touchdown in every single week. So if you'd have put hundred dollars on him to score a touchdown the first week and then rolled it, rolled the winnings for twelve weeks, you'd be on seventy eight grand. And then obviously last week he scored again. So now I don't know what that'd be. 150 grand probably something like that well I must admit I had to get on it this week because I'm sick and tired of seeing him score touchdowns and I'm not getting any benefit myself but I've got good <laughs> friends who are, who are Niners fans and they're taking a lot of joy out of it so I wanted that I wanted a little bit of joy out of CMC scoring touchdowns I guarantee if I back him to score a touchdown this week he will not score it's just guaranteed <laughs> well that could I, be the I feel way, like I'm too late to party now that could be the way that we have to slow the Niners down then and they are playing your Cowboys so maybe that would be smart it, might, it could be smart, yeah, but the problem is I do think the 49ers are going to come out on top on this one, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the, the Dallas run defense is, is been the weak spot this season. We saw the Arizona Cardinals just run through them like they're not there and give up big chunk plays to, to their receivers, and that is the exact formula that the 49ers employ. You know, you've got Christian McCaffrey who just eats up yards on the ground through massive guts for one of the best advantage lines in the league, and then they take big chunk, chunk plays down the field to Brandon Ayuko, or um, go on, help me out. What's he called? Debo well, Samuel. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Is Debo? Yeah, I still think Debo's completely fit, isn't he? I think he's playing. I think game, he's playing. Yeah, I just think he's got a few niggly injuries. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, but he, I didn't see him too much in, involved against um, the Cardinals, so that that was my only concern. But maybe they're saving him for this Cowboys game. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean they have been our bogey team for the past uh, last two years. I think in the playoffs, uh, and I just can't see that Olsen this week. I mean. You know, the Cowboys were impressive last week in aspects against the Patriots, but again, it's the Patriots. Uh, and again, it was the defence turning uh, turning possessions into points, really. You know, you saw Darren Blandy got two inceptions, one of which was a pick six. You had uh, Leighton Van Der Esch recover a fumble for a touchdown, so that's 14 points uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And every time that the, the, the Cowboys, for the most part, were getting good field position from, from the defence. And uh, I think they had four red zone I think they had four red zone appearances, or whatever the word is, and they didn't score from one of them last week. So the red zone, red zone struggles are continuing, it would seem, and that is not something you want to hear going against the 49ers. It isn't. No, obviously it's not, but, you know, defence does win championships. Um, that, that, I mean, that's a fact, but, you know, the Niners have got a good defence as well. So for me, that Prescott, who looked improved, to be fair, last week for me, um, I think he, what was it, 250-plus yard, he picked up a touchdown. Like you said, there wasn't too much going in the red zone. It was mostly the defence doing the work, but do you see him doing the same you know, the same job against the Niners? Well, I mean, you, the thing is, in, in the open field, up to the red zone, the, the offence looks like it's cooking, it's moving well, they're, they're taking, you know, taking the plays methodically down the field, and they get to the red zone and it's like everything just dies to death. I don't understand, I don't really know why it's happening. But when we get to the red zone, we just cannot, can't, we can't call a good play. We can't call a good play. We can't get open. We can't pass. We can't run. We can't do anything. We're just stuck. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not too sure what's going on there, whether it's a coaching thing and, you know, they just need to draw stuff up for those final plays. But the fact that you're getting in them positions is, is good and it's, it's better than a lot of other teams as well. So... Um, I think yeah. you know Mike McCarthy is is sort of putting a little bit more trickery in there. You said that that two pointer, that fake was it, what was it a fake um, PAT yeah, that, a that fake, you had last week? A fake field goal. I mean, they must have worked it in the week and watched um, the Patriots uh, when when they did the field field goal block the other week. 
Then uh, they said, right, if the Patriots show this formation, we're going to fake it. And that's exactly what they did. They called it on the field, right? They're trying to block the field goal. We're going to fake it and roll out to the right and pass the, pass the tight end or whatever. I don't know who he is. I don't even know who he is. Um, that's, that's, what, that's, how, that's how important he is. Um, but yeah, it, you know, there is more trickery. And, you know, the offence is improving. Slowly but surely, Jake Ferguson had a big game last last week. He's signed like tight end number one. Michael Gallup last two weeks, he's been improved. Jalen Tolbert improved, uh, impressed me last week, and also Brandon Cooks had a few touches. So the offense is certainly getting better, but I feel like the 49ers might have just come a couple of weeks too early for the Cowboys, uh, and I am taking the 49ers in this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I think the Niners are probably here a couple of weeks too early it's a shame really that that's how the schedule works but I think Christy McCaffrey is going to continue cooking and um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get a touchdown this week yeah there's your, there's your safe bet uh, Christy McCaffrey touchdown and over 100, 100 yards it's happening easily might play in the first half well I'll certainly be having Christy McCaffrey to score I'm just going to keep rolling now that you've uh, sh- you know shown me that monster bet well that's until Micah Parsons gets to him and breaks his legs in the first quarter well, that'd be one way of stopping him. Probably the only way of stopping him. The Lions got to eat. Moving on to the final game of the week, we see the Packers taking on the Raiders. Both coming off disappointing losses. But Callum, do you think Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat? Oh, I think he's got to be on the hot seat at this point in time. He obviously got brought into this Vegas organisation to <coughs> turn the turn the fortunes around. But so far, obviously, the start of the season, 1-3, and three, in a horrendous start. And overall, in his head coaching career, he's 18-30. and 30. And I can't see a way that this Raiders team is moving in the right direction, to be honest. Can you? No, no, I can't. Um, and they're obviously struggling. They've they've lost the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not sure when he's back. Um, I didn't see too much from Aidan O'Connell. Do you, do you think that he performed better than what Jimmy G did? No, I don't, don't think he did. I don't think he was close either, obviously. I think he's probably obviously got drafted in the fourth round. I think it was, and he seems to have been thrown in a bit, a bit too soon. To be honest, I know it wasn't by choice, but he certainly isn't ready. He threw an interception. I think it was two fumbles he had in the game. Um, so yeah, he's, he's not really ready at this moment in time, anyway. I know and that, that that's against a Chargers defense as well as you know they've not really been brilliant all season. Um, I don't really know where where the wins are going to come from from the Raiders. I'm not sure if they're going to have enough to beat to beat this Packers team. I'm 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 looking. No, at, I mean, I'm looking at uh, the the game against against the Chargers last week, and I see that Josh Jacobs has improved. Uh, Devante Adams, he obviously went off with that shoulder injury, but I think he returned to the game. So, not sure if he's going to be questionable or if he is going to be fit to play or not. Yeah, and I think well, I think yeah, Josh Jacobs has improved, but again, it, like you said, it's against one of the worst defenses in the league. At the minute, uh, and obviously we know Devonta Adams is a rare bright spark on that team. He's one of the best receivers in football, and he's one of the players you you really feel sorry for at this moment in time. Obviously, he's got the quality to be a Super Bowl winner, but instead he's stuck here in this very poor um, team at the moment, and he, he's just he's just carrying them. And he, but he's also risking injury week in week out because he's under, you know, he gets thrown into the double or triple coverage. Yeah, um, <coughs> I mean, I mean, we've seen it. We, we, I think we said it on the pod last week as well that. We just he's gone to the Raiders and I don't see them getting anywhere close to the playoffs never mind Super Bowl contention so I don't really see where where Devante Adams should go from me I'm not sure how long's left on his contract 
Um, what, what's he been there for a year or two now? Yeah, I think it's his second season, I think. Um, but, I mean, if, if they lose this game, they drop to one on four, do they look at trading Adams and getting some uh, draft compensation for him? Or just then, you know, commit to a rebuild? Yeah, I think that's that, that's probably the route that I'd have to take. Because um, I can't... I just can't see them, or Devante Adams, carrying them through through the season and getting them anywhere close. So, I think you're probably right there. I mean, could you imagine if Devante Adams, for example, gets traded to the, to the Chiefs or something like that, and then... Obviously, that's their their struggles are fixed then, and uh, the Chiefs are all of a sudden the best team in football again. Could be a perfect fit, to be honest. Really, could be. I think it link up so well with Mahomes, and you know, there's there's a lot going on that offense already, and just adding Devante Adams into it, I think that probably puts them back in Super Bowl contention. Yeah, uh, and then obviously on the other side of the football, you know, another another very good player, one of the best in the league so far this season, Max Crosby. He's up there with Michael Parsons. And, you know, the other big names uh, in the rushing game, he had another two sacks last week. Uh, he's honestly carrying this, this team on his well, this defence on his back, really. Um, so I expect another big game from him if they want to disrupt the Packers and uh, come out with a victory here. I think he just looks levels levels above Max Crosby. It's weird. It's like he's playing with with college with, with college defenders. It's like an NFL player playing in, in college. He just <laughs> seems so much better than them. I don't, I don't know if it's just like his, his mentality or if it's... You know, actual physical quality or not, but genuinely, I, I, I watching them. I, I saw the first half against um, the Chargers last week, and he's the only one that looks like he's busting his balls off to to try and get to uh, to Herbert. And you know, he, he got there twice, like you said. So, do you see him getting to uh, to Jordan Love this week? Well, I think he'll. I mean, he's coming up against one of the the best, you know, all lines in in football. But they have got some injuries on that all line as well. So, you know, probably is going to get to the quarterback a few times. Well, at least one time this week. Um, I mean, he could be another one if they do lose this game. He could be on the on the training blocks. I mean, he's he's you know his value's been at its at its absolute peak right now. So if they're gonna cash in. It needs to be done now. So um, I mean, we could 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 we potentially see Adams and and Crosby going as a package or or separate trades, whichever way. I think that's probably the way that the Raiders are gonna have to go. Um, yeah, I, mean, I mean, going into this game against the Packers, I I don't see them. I don't think I see the the Raiders winning this at all. No, it's weird because obviously we could we see the the, uh, the Packers, sorry, who just come off a very disappointing loss to the Lions. Obviously, they, they just snuck away with a win against the Saints the week before in a game which they didn't deserve to win. Uh, last week, Jordan Love threw two interceptions, and the team just, you know, didn't look good at all. Like you watched the game, and it just just with the eye test, you could see they just weren't good. They got dominated all game. Um. And even even having said that though, like even having said that, you're still expecting the Packers to dominate this game. It's like yeah, it shows how I mean, far how far the Raiders have fallen. The the levels are weird, aren't they? At the moment, I I, I thought they were closer to be fair, but I feel like this, some teams are starting to slip further and further away. And you know, Raiders are one of them. Um, I mean, good news for Packers fans this week is that Christian Watson he featured a little bit last week against the Lions, um, hoping he's back to full fitness because I think he'll link up well with uh, with Jordan Love. Yeah, and I think, you know, if they do get him back and he's at full fitness, obviously you've got him who's, we saw how good he was last season, we thought he was going to be a breakout star this year, and he obviously still can be. But obviously Romeo Dobbs has really stepped up while he's been away. He had another nine receptions for 95 yards last week. He is, uh, you know, last season was his rookie year. Uh, obviously Christian Watson also his rookie year, but Watson obviously stepped up in his first year, and Dobbs was a bit quiet. This year it's almost found like Dobbs have found another level to his game. And he does seem impressive now, so that could be a very good one-two punch in, in the in the receiving game. Yeah, and then they've, they've got Jaden Reed as well to add into that. Whether he'll feature that much now, Christian Watson's back, I'm not sure. 
he put up decent numbers. Um, they don't really seem to have that much going in, in, in the run game, so I feel like they're going to you know, heavily rely on these guys to, to beat this Raiders team. Yeah, we know Aaron Jones. He started the season well. Uh, he had a bit of an injury, I believe. Uh, and then last week, he obviously came up against the Lions who were a top, top three defence and obviously didn't get anything going, which, is, you know, it could be understandable to a degree. Uh, obviously, against the Raiders team, we're not as good. Uh, we could maybe see him get, get him going again. Um, but, you know, the, the Packers have got a lot of weapons here, a lot of young weapons as well at like that. Uh, and I think, you know, the Packers are in a rebuild phase. They understand that. Um, and and any wins a bonus, but I think this game, will they'll be... Um, penciled in for, for a victory here yeah I think it's it's probably probably well it's a must win for both teams but I'd say even more the Packers now they're chasing down the, the Lions after losing to them last week they don't want to you know fall too far behind them in the division because the Lions look really good so Packers are going to get wins on the board and they'll be looking at the schedule and thinking this is one that we've got to win well yeah I think that division as well that they're in is, is kind of a wide open division um, obviously the Bears you know expect to be the worst team but you know I know, I know the Vikings started poorly, but you know th- th- there's wins to be had by any team in that division, really, to, to force their hand into the playoffs. Um, and they're going to have to win those divisional games, I think, if, if they do want a chance. Yeah, you know they're going to have big divisional games coming up soon, which I see as much, you know, much tougher games. Maybe accepting the Bears, I'm, I'm, you know, that could probably be on level with this game. But when they've got the Vikings and then they're playing the Lions again, you know, that those are much tougher opponents as, as we've as we've seen already compared to this Raiders team. So. For, for for that reason, I'm going to be going for the Packers to win this week. Yeah, I'm also going to go for the Packers. I think it will be a tighter game than, than we've probably given an inkling at this week. Uh, I do think it'll be close because I think both teams are poor. Uh, I think the defence, though, on both sides will be strong. And I think it'll be quite low scoring as well. Uh, but yeah, certainly give me the Packers in this one to get back to winning ways. Thank you for watching this episode of the NFL Abroad podcast. If you have enjoyed, then please feel free to like and follow for more. New episodes are released every Thursdays.